What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Thanks so much for tuning in. On today's show, how do you take fashion tech from prototype to production? Up until this point, a lot of the fashion tech we've seen out there has been concept and costume pieces, appearing in photo shoots and on the runway. How do we take wearables from one-offs to viable products that become a part of our everyday lives? My guest today is Frederick Timor, the CEO of Noi Labs and the founder of Automat. Automat is a newly launched toolkit lowering the barrier for entry for creating fashion tech. It aims at helping fashion designers get their hands dirty with creating wearables without learning advanced programming skills. With toolkits shipping later this month, Automat is posed to be the plug-and-play solution for the fashion industry when it comes to creating connected clothing and enabling interactive garments. In case you haven't seen it yet, I wrote a fashion feature on Automat for Women's Wear Daily. If you're a subscriber, it's up on their website. The link is posted on Electric Runway 2. This is the interview from that article. Without further ado, my conversation with Frederick Timor of Automat, recorded in Stockholm where the company is headquartered. So, Frederick, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So, I wanted to start with, I guess, saying nice to see you in Stockholm. And for those who don't know, tell us who you are and what is Automat. Hello, I'm uh, Frederick Timur, just like you said, and I'm the CEO of Noya Labs, who creates a product called Automat. And that product is to enable fashion tech to be able to build connected clothes and devices and wearables. And so, what is New Labs? Who is it made out of? It's made of the team, you mean. We are uh, currently nine people in Noy Labs. We're everything from hardware technicians to software engineers to designers to marketing people. And you're based here? We're based in Stockholm and Hamburg. Okay. Germany. And so for people who don't know, what is the Automat Toolkit? The Automat Toolkit consists of a very small device, which is the Automat itself, which is a, a small Bluetooth low energy device with sensors, motion sensors and temperature and humidity sensors, but also 12 inputs and outputs, and eight of those can be analog. And inputs and outputs is, of course, to be able to connect smart fabrics, buttons, LED lights. So it's a bridge between your device that you build, and you add your LED lights or your smart fabrics to it, and then you need a bridge. You need, you need to connect to the internet, and that's what, what automate. And, and also control your fabrics or LED lights. So what should it do? Should it be, I mean, if you want the LED lights to light up when you get a tweet, well, that's sort of it. Takes care of that, and it also consists of a SDK, so you can write your own apps on the iPhone or the Android devices. And so, how easy would it be for someone who had no traditional programming knowledge to be able to create something with the toolkit? We do target a more professional audience to start with. It's, it's uh, because we often get this question. So we we call it professional creatives, and I would say it's fairly easy. I mean, is it hard to learn Photoshop? Yeah, a little bit. But you need to be a programmer. No. I think that's about the complexity. Uh, you need to know a little bit. You need to learn a little bit. And we also target two different groups. We target designers and engineers, you know, so developers. So the developers get toolkits for developers that they like. And the designers get toolkits for designers. So they can, commun- they can work with the same, on the same platform, but with different tools. So we don't dumb down for the engineers I don't want to make it too complex for the designers. And so what problem do you think you're addressing with the Automat Toolkit? I would say 
And if we, of course, this, you can argue, I mean, that I'm wrong or something, but, but I would say we're one of the few companies, so actually the only one that I know of, at least in Europe, that actually target the fashion industry seriously to actually say that, okay, we think that you have specific problems. And when we say fashion industry, we think that there is a difference between sports tech and fashion tech. So we actually mean fashion tech when we say fashion tech. We don't bundle everything together that if there is technology in clothes, it's fashion tech. Because there is a completely different thinking in, in how you, as a designer, think about clothes. It doesn't need to be functional, for example. Counting your steps, yeah, there are a lot of things that do that. We're not so interested in that. We can do that, of course. But I think it's more interesting to create tools where you can light up. Let's take the boring, boring example of LED lights. I hate LED lights in clothing. I don't think that most designers will use it that much. But, but let's take LED lights because it's easy to understand as an example. You want the LED lights to light up in a very specific pattern. And that pattern is actually more important that they actually light up for a designer because that makes the, that's fashion. You know, that, that's really what makes it distinctive as something else. I think that's maybe the difference. I mean, people love, like, if we incorporate um, a haptic feedback engine, we're not interested in that one just giving you a feedback, a buzzing, but that you can actually control exactly what type of feedback it gives you because that's really what makes it <laughs> interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a level of interaction you have with devices. I and mean, you can sketch and test out ideas quite quickly, and, you know, until you find what do you want your thing to do? Yeah, it's interesting because we started this conversation before we began recording about the sort of movement away from the quantified self and towards something perhaps a little bit more interesting for people like you and I because the quantified self seems to be really focused on counting your steps and catering to that niche audience of professional athletes or fitness people. But fashion tech is really emerging as its own thing and tools like Automatter are going to really help take it to that level. So what sort of things, to make this a little bit more concrete for audiences, what sort of things have been made with the Automat Toolkit? And what sort of things maybe is it possible to make? As products out there, and if we're really talking about fashion tech, uh, nothing. Because, uh, first of all, we haven't actually released our, our, our product yet <laughs> for more than very specific selected uh, uh, people. It will release in a couple of weeks, like, actually, so it's quite close. But... We've been walking hand in hand with the fashion industry for a long time now, talking to them, educating them, companies like H&M here in Sweden, for example, but both big and small companies. We think it will happen within the high-end fashion. That's where it needs to start because of margins and, and, and a lot of things. And also, if you want to make fashion tech fashion tech, it needs to be driven by the high-end fashion industry, and then it can trickle down and end up in H&M. So that's, that's how we think it will happen just like anything else it's fashion but I would say that the fashion industry for a long time is very interested and there are factors that drive this interest in fashion tech uh, and I think it's uh, that they need to look at new business model because of consciousness awareness and, and, and stuff like that but right now the industry have come to a point where they start testing okay now we need to test so we, we work with I mean Bjorn Borg and H&M and Darkin so with a lot of brands where we build actually test and pilot projects and those projects will go into products (laughs) but that's exactly where we are and I think also where most part of the fashion industry is I mean even when we talk to Mulberry or they're all at the same it seems like they all come to the same level so to speak and I think that's one of the reasons why why isn't there anything out there because they're not there yet and so Automat can help people with rapid prototyping, but then it can also help, actually, you can scale something. You can bring a product to market with Automat. Is that correct? 
Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly the idea. So, for example, with a company like H&M, they're experimenting perhaps with your technology. Can you talk a little bit about, about what they're doing and maybe, like, can we expect to see something in stores at H&M using Automat? I can't really talk, but it could be simple things that's interesting for a company like H&M. So, for example, it could be a consciousness aware dress that actually says, don't wash me this often, don't wash me this hot. Which is not so sexy and like, you know, wow, that's not the spectacular thing you think about internet or things. But it's, it's important for H&M because that is branding as well. You know, your dress is actually wants to live longer. And I think just washing reduces the life length by 50%. Washing, I mean, something too often or too hot. So it's, it's a very important factor. But it could also tell you things about how your dress is used. For example, if people are only using it on weekdays, or only on weekends. Mm, tells you something about your <laughs> garment. If it's only used one day a month, or maybe once every half a year, or once a year. Would you get that type of information? You will get it, but we, we anonymize uh, the information. So it's not, you don't know who it is, because it's not really important that it's you. Mm. It's more important that that type of dress seems to be used like this, because then you can target your, for, for, for the fashion companies, it's interesting to, to target your advertisement, for example. So it's both business model built in, but it's also the flashy functionality. But, but for a company like H&M, it's not really at this point, maybe the flashy part of, of, of what, but I think also that's a mature kind of way of thinking around fashion tech as well. As opposed to the flashy stuff, which is maybe more immature? A lot of it, yes, I would say. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I agree with you, but I think it's also a proof of concept right now, and it's it's a phase of experimentation. But it'd be interesting to see what the mature, like quote unquote mature, stuff looks like. So we were talking, as I said before, we started recording about the Internet of Things. We've talked about the Internet of Things a little bit on this program before, but I want to maybe get your definition of it, and then ask you how you think. Automat fits into that Internet of Things. Maybe we can return to that conversation that we were having earlier where you said we're not there yet because we don't have an Internet and we don't have any things. And I thought that was an interesting comment. So, um, yeah, how do you define the Internet of Things? In a way, I really don't know. Because, and you said it as well, because there is no Internet and, and like I said, there is no things. So, so it's really hard to define Internet of Things. I mean, it will be things connected. But since we have no networks that's suitable for these types of devices, and therefore we also have no things developed yet for the network that doesn't exist, you can't really say what it is. And that, I think that's one of the reasons why Internet of Things is so fluffy. You know, what is it? It's a buzzword at the moment. So, so I think it's more more interesting to, to talk about fashion tech, for example, and, or, or something very specific, like how can fashion tech benefit from being connected directly to Internet, for example? And how do you think? Well, how you can benefit from being connected directly is that you can be connected directly so you can make the, the electronics much smaller. Our thought about Internet of Things is that the processing power will not be in the device, but it will be ex external. We could use your phone as the processor, because you get a, a miniature computer running in your pocket. Uh, so we're using that to save power and uh, make, you know, extend battery life and, and make the uh, electronics smaller. And the same thing goes just sending the data up to the cloud, and that's where the processing happens, to whatever you want it to happen. And that also means that the functionality of whatever Thing you're doing. That's that's why I'm a little bit like when you're trying to say what should you do. I'm kind of avoiding telling exactly what you should do because I don't think it's relevant at this point in time. The relevant thing is that you can get the data, you can send the data, and then you can start experimenting on top of that and change behavior after the fact that you actually ship the clothes. Mm -hmm. So just like an iPhone, you create a platform 
where people can create, let's call it services or apps, on top of the Garmin. And then it becomes interesting because then something happened. And it could be something stupid. Like, I mean, Apple would never predict that and we release the iPhone. It would never go out and say, we've created this wonderful device and we think that someone should create a game where you shoot birds at pigs. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't really know. And it's a huge game and they make a lot of money. <laughs> so it's a big hit. And I think it's the same thing that will happen close. What is it that will be that killer app, so to speak? We don't know. And I don't think it's really interesting to speculate. I think it's more interesting to create a possibility to create it, because it will happen. It could be a stupid dance game or some social game, or, or I really, really don't know. So, but you see Automat as an enabler, as the sort of platform on which people can build. Exactly, yeah, yeah, most definitely, yeah. I wanted to ask you, so you say on your website that fashion is becoming not only more expressive, but also more interactive and dynamic. Why do you think that the old means of expressing ourselves through fashion are no longer serving us? Or is it, is, is it that they're no longer serving us? Like, Why do we want to add this enhanced ability to our clothing? Or it could be simple things, because if you start thinking about around data, because that's, I mean, going back to your question about what is internet of things, it's, it's just data and manipulation of data. Let's say that you have a fabric, which, I mean, already exists and we have as well. I mean, if you have a fabric that's, that, that can generate heat, well, if you were a sport company or an outdoor company, you would create a jacket so you won't freeze when you go out. But for fashion, that could mean that you can send a hug and you feel the warmth of the hug. And then it becomes expression. Then you go into communication instead. And maybe you fine-tune exactly how that heat is coming on and, and, and you know, to, to really make you feel like you're hugged, for example. So it's just thinking around the data differently and it's it's... If you take that seriously, it's much harder to build a hug than just a jacket that, that keeps you warm. Yeah, and it's interesting that clothing has sort of evolved that way. So at the very beginning, clothing was for protection. It was for heating our bodies and for you know protecting us from the elements. But then it moved beyond that towards this sort of social expression. And in my mind, fashion has always been a sort of expression of the times. And it's interesting to me that we now want to wear our technology and explore these new nodes of expression, just like we're having these new modes of expression on, on social media. So that's more of a comment, I guess, than, than a question. But for people who are listening to this and might be thinking, so what's the difference between Automat and something like a Raspberry Pi? Maybe you could explain what the difference is? Yeah, I mean, Automat have been designed from the beginning as a device on which you build your product. So it's small small enough to fit into a ring. At, at most Raspberry Pis won't fit into a ring or an earring or something like that. And you can also scale it. You, you, with Raspberry Pis, Arduinos, that's not, it's, it's not meant to be in the final product most of the time. So I would say it's a completely different approach. And also we are not running, we're running the, the software, we're, we're driving the automat from outside, from a phone or from the cloud, not from within the device. I mean, the device is, is in, in a way a very smart stupid <laughs> nerve cell that controls everything and get the input data and get the output data and, and, and send temperature and motion data and but it just reacts to its environment the intelligence is somewhere else but i think that that's the the big difference is that it's completely designed from a completely different approach because if you look at the smallness of it now you haven't showed it to you yet then you really understand what is the difference because it's 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 really meant to be inside something that you really actually build and, okay, so you said that it's not actually available on the market yet, but it's going to be in a couple of weeks. When's your launch date? As soon as we get our new packages. We actually designed very nice packages that look like perfume, kind of, 
We want them to be really, really nice. And they are a little bit delayed. So, so hopefully we have them one week, but it could be three weeks. We're just waiting for our new packages. Great, and I'm so looking forward to seeing what people are going to create with it. Thank you so much for your time, and we look forward to your launch. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That was my conversation with Frederick Timor of Automat. To read my full coverage on how Automat is helping designers and companies move from prototype to production, check out my article on Women's Wear Daily. Again, the link is on Electric Runway. As always, you can follow what we're up to at the intersection of fashion and technology by following electric underscore runway on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out electricrunway.com for the latest and greatest in fashion tech. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future. All guests on the Electric Runway podcast are recorded with permission. Music from today's episode by Jeff Kale.